Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we ramble about finding a giant striper at Lake Pleasant, traveling with 40 plus rig rods, Nick's new cowboy hat, and we finished the episode with a great giveaway for you guys. Hope you all enjoy. What's off their trail? <laughs> so Rob, it is, Nick just mentioned it, but it's, it's a shame that we don't have you on video today because... He is wearing his uh, his cool cowboy hat again. Of course he is. He hasn't put that thing down since he bought it. Dude, very, very true statement there, Rob. You know, the, the highlight of my week was uh, walking down to one of my favorite local fly shops here in Casper. I'm still in Wyoming, obviously. And uh, um, found this absolutely legitimate, extremely overpriced um, patina beat up straw cowboy hat and I put it on and I looked at my wife and she made this weird face and said I looked like a Chippendale and from that moment that moment forward I knew that hat was going to be in my life and I ha- I shower in it Rob oh that's great so amazing dude I, I all I can think of is that Alan Jackson song Gone Country I think that's where it's at man I think I'm gonna have to go get some lariats and uh, I, I'm just I've gone country it's over you should be sitting in the bed of a 1984 Chevy Silverado jacked up with 33-inch tires and uh, like a blue heeler. Yep. Yep. A- instead, I'm in my 2016 El Majestico motorhome with a Chihuahua drinking coffee. So <laughs> not nearly as cool as the image you gave. I feel a little bit more like suburbanized and like rocking the dad bod, something fierce. But you know, we can all live in our mind something better than what we really are. Right. I love it, dude. Cool. Every time I see one of those motorhomes now, I think about you, man. And I've been seeing a lot on this holiday weekend. Yeah, a bunch of uh, new rookies that have no idea what they're doing, much like me, that's for sure. Well, if you wear a cowboy hat, you definitely seem more legit, for sure. And you can look down on the other rookies because they don't have that look. They just don't, dude. And that's a good point. And I appreciate you bringing that up because, like, yesterday I had to dump the tank on this thing again and oh here we go again this is like only number three or four so i'm i'm almost an expert by now and uh because i was floundering and fumbling and struggling so bad the 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 straw cowboy hat though gave me an air of legitimacy that allowed me to overcome the uh the spillage that may or may not have occurred don't tell the epa (laughs) (laughs) yeah well uh, I guess that uh, encompasses what you've been up to lately then, Nick, dude. Strong uh, cowboy hats are where it's at, man. So, yeah, that's about it. What about you guys? Up. Rob, how <laughs> about you, dude? What, uh, I know it, it's been, as we talk about every episode, it's been brutally hot, so it's hard to get out in the outdoors much, man. What uh, What's new your way? Yeah, I've been hiking and mountain biking every morning early before it gets terrible um, when I'm not fishing. And, you know, it's just, it's that time of year that's brutal here and, you know, uh, exactly like you said, all we do is whine about the weather here, but we've literally had, I think, the hottest summer on record in Arizona. So it's, uh, it, we're in September and we had 115 degrees yesterday. It was just disgusting. So it'll go away soon, though. I think next week we got a little break from the heat and uh, we'll start getting some guide trips, start getting busy and we'll forget about the summer so if i'm not mistaken dude i think i saw aren't we up to like 51 or 52 days now of 110 plus yes yep it's yeah it's, pretty i mean it's yeah it's a hot summer but whatever i mean we still get to uh i guess it's better than getting snowed in with 
you know, drifts of snow up against our door. So. 100%. It was 98 degrees here in Wyoming, and it's no 114 or whatever you said it was, but it's still, it's just been a hot, dry summer in the West, man. Yep, Dude, hey, sure. Nick sent sure. Nick sent me uh this this wet this screenshot of his weather forecast up there for the next you know five <laughs> days or something. What Dude. did it say? Like ninety eight dropping to forty two is a high in like two days. Dude, if this isn't Wyoming, I don't know what is. So yeah, so we're finally pointing her south and heading home on Monday afternoon. And uh, so Saturday was ninety eight. Today is Sunday ninety six. And then there's a front coming in. And so big chance of rain tomorrow, 60 or something. Dude, Tuesday, they're calling for snow and a high of like 41. Wow. That's just and the it, typical, if you don't like the weather, just wait around a day because it's <laughs> going to be different. Huh? 10 minutes, dude. Just wait 10 minutes, right? Yeah. I like I, I, that's what everyone says about their, their own states. Every single person's like, oh, you don't like the weather in Oklahoma. You don't like the weather <laughs> in Florida. You don't like the weather in Arizona. And I'm like, well, Arizona, you can't really say that, but they still do. Dude. <laughs> <It's funny>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like the weather in Arizona, just wait 10 minutes. It'll still be sunny and hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh, what's up with you, man? What's going on your way? Uh, you know, just like Rob, it's been relatively slow on the fishing front. Um I have been doing a lot of like boat maintenance and uh just just literally picking up the pieces of my life from those last couple of events, those Great Lake events, like just they're just Well you have to see a therapist now or something? Uh <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> okay. uh, for sure after getting back to back you know dro- dropping out of first back to back tournaments yeah, man no but kidding. uh really like just kind of i dried stuff out but i had stuff that that was jacked up and and rusted tackle and stuff like that and uh, just thrown around everywhere so literally just kind of reorganizing piecing everything back together i've got a cup mlf cup tournament that i'm leaving to next week so just kind of getting rigged for that and uh you know that we talked about it in one one previous episode before the last one I fished a while back. Um, you got to rig everything, literally rig everything. You know what state you're going to, and, and now I know what city I'm going to, but I don't know the lakes and I can't research them. So I've been literally just kind of rigging up one or two of everything, and then I'll throw 30 rods in and uh, and go. You know, so I've been doing that, um, ordering up stuff that I you know w- was low on tackle wise and just kind of going through that stuff kind of boring and you know getting up early and doing it early in the morning and then uh, doing it again late in the evenings and the day you know we're like kind of trapped inside with the kids it's too hot to go outside so trying to keep them busy during the day nice dude when you uh or sorry rob you can go i've I've talked 100 percent of this podcast your turn (laughs) just out of care just out of curiosity i mean you go back to those cups and you fish out of their rigs right uh yeah yeah they've got z18 nitros so do you just do you fly there drive there bring your rig what do you what do you do and and what's the reasoning behind what you do well dude on this one i'm actually going to drive my boat again because we've got to use it for some content in an off day so uh you know it's 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 kind of a a semi-bummer there because you can fly you know obviously if you don't if you're just driving without your boat you don't have to stop for gas as much you easier it's just easier all the way around and uh, i do have to drag my boat to this one so uh it's one of the ones you play by ear uh i'd rather drive anytime that way i don't have to mess with shipping or flying with all that tackle and your rods and stuff but uh i'll be driving the whole rig again so uh you know just but the the positive there is uh 
I've got the, all the boat storage, right? So I can just leave all my rods and tackle in the boat. And then yeah. the way it works is like, you know, you're fishing out of the same, you know, 10 boats and there's 30 guys in this cup and, and you fish on alternate days. So the guys get in off the water and well, it is whatever time it is, four or five o'clock. And they unload all of their uh, tackle and rods and gear out of the boat. And then you, you throw all your stuff in that boat. So, um, It'll be, it'll be kind of nice because I can literally just park mine right next to the boat I'm going to use and just everything that's in this compartment goes into that same compartment in that boat. And it's it's kind of crazy, like, huh. how much storage is in that Z18, dude. Like, I know, uh, I'm you know, I'm a little biased towards nitro, but, like, literally, that rod locker, if you wanted to put 40 rods in that rod locker, you easily could. And it's plenty long for an eight-footer. It's, it's kind of crazy. That's impressive because that's one of the biggest things in a bass boat is rod storage, huh? Totally, dude. I mean, yeah, and especially once you start getting under a, a 19 or 20 footer. I, I, you know, I don't have uh, the most experience in all of them, but, you know, one of our buddies was shopping 17 footers uh, last year and uh, our buddy Dave. And um, that was his big thing, man. Like half the brands, he couldn't put like an eight foot rod in them. Interesting. Why do you think they selected the Z18? Any any rhyme or reason to that? That's a good question, dude. I, you know, it's a it's a it's. I really don't know. I really don't know. Maybe I think because it's, I think it's great because it's a it's a marketing thing for them for the the average guy that can't afford a 21 footer or can't store a 21 footer. Hmm. They realize that they realize that the best of the best can still fish out of those boats effectively. That's my take on it. There you go, Rob. Look at you just bestowing accurate wisdom on us. That does make sense. They're good little boats, man. They really are. You know, it's a it's an awesome boat. Whether you're you're new to bass fishing or or you're fishing tournaments, it's it's an awesome boat to fish out of. So, um, so Josh, if you weren't hauling your entire rig up there, how on God's green earth do you do travel with thirty rods? Even even with your rig, I mean, is that just like how do you or you just don't string them up? Obviously. Dude, I mean, you kind of can. Like, there, there are better ways. Like, what's what what's really cool are those rod coffins they make. They call them rod coffins, and they go on on top of your truck. I'm not talking about the rod tubes. Like, it's like a okay. big coffin, and you can keep your reels on them and, uh. and stuff them all up on top of your camper shell. Th- those are cool. I don't have one of those. I, you know, anyone that knows me, you guys included, know how messy I am just as a person. <laughs> So I really don't care, dude. I just throw them all, like I put, you know, my tackles in the truck and my tackles. Semi- That's why we get along. Yeah, exactly, dude. I just throw them all on top of the tackle and there we go. Uh, just pray, you know, and if, yeah. if, if you get a lot of trouble hook baits, you might, you might wait to rig those up, but ah, it works out okay, man. You can yeah, I'll yeah. put them diagonally in the truck and if you got to get to something under them, it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that, that brings back some pretty wonderful co-angling flashbacks of like when you have to climb in someone's truck and like throw all your crap in there and man i buried jerk baits into seats and stuff like that so yeah you got a good little point there on the treble hook baits maybe waiting a second on those yeah rigging those up the morning of the tournament's <laughs> not a bad idea they can, they can cause some damage they even you know i'll tell you we talked about the little pet peeves in our our uh, previous episode before but dude i i love using little uh rod wraps like the little uh uh-huh. The rod covers, rod sleeves. Uh-huh. Man, I hate treble hooks in those things. Like, there's <laughs> always in the rod locker. There's always one braided 
line rod with a treble hook bait, usually a topwater, and it's sitting in the top of the rod locker, and you make your first run across the lake, <laughs> and that thing finds its way into two or three of those little rod sleeves in the rod locker, and uh, there's, it doesn't budge one way or the other. It's so annoying. You guys know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something about braid, how it rattles loose like that when you're running, but yeah, there's nothing more annoying. I, I get frustrated sometimes with, uh, even in a net and I'll just like cut it with my scissors and my clients cut will look net. at me and laugh. Oh yeah. I've done it. At this <laughs> Rob's like, I don't care. These are your fish, not my fish. Not <laughs> That's <kidding>. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did my job. I netted it. I don't know what to tell you. It fell through. <laughs> I had it in the net. It's the net's fault. Dude, those rod <laughs> sleeve things, those are like the Chinese finger traps of bass fishing. You have to like push them down to get a hole so you can slide the hook back out and then pull them tight. Those are sometimes more hassle than they're worth. It's a nightmare, dude. It's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I don't so know clearly they won't be sponsoring this podcast anytime soon after we just complained about them for 30, 90 seconds. Yeah, they can join the club of everyone else. That's not sponsoring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long list, longer than the actual sponsored list. No doubt. Uh, Okay, so the first thing I wanted to talk about with you guys was we actually had a listener write in and uh, mentioned that she and her husband are both from Wyoming and actually living in Flagstaff currently. But they're wondering why in the world Nick is talking about wakeboarding and not fishing in his home state, the island of Wyoming. Uh, Yeah, well, what's up with that, Nick? They're not wrong. I think it's just a reflection of my poor character, honestly. Like, I think they they speak the voice of America and wondering why I'm here and what I'm doing. And I sometimes ask myself that question, too. But uh, no, man, Wyoming is a, a fantastic state for fishing. And uh, one thing I love about it, dude, is that, like, just everywhere you go, man, like, there's you know diesel pickup trucks or you know just tow vehicles and everyone's got a boat and uh, it's definitely water culture casper specifically man is like we talked last week or the week before about all the walleye boats that i've seen and and a lot of drift boats right so right in here is a pretty spectacular uh moving water fly fishing destination that's what gets the bread and butter of you know people that's the tourists like me that come in and buy straw cowboy hats that's their bread and butter for sure but uh, I grew up on the other side of the state, which is the western side. Casper's on the eastern side. And uh, that was a little bit different. Still tons and tons of moving water. Uh, so drift drift fishing, wade fly fishing, those types of things. But, you know, I've always really loved fishing on the, the lakes. Um, and close to that side of the state is uh, Flaming Gorge. And uh, that's I believe that's the first reservoir on the Colorado River as it finally flows down to us and gives us Lake Powell, Lake Mead, Lake Havasu, all that. And, uh, dude, oh my gosh, Flaming Gorge is the bomb. Um, I, I've personally done most of my fishing there for those big lake trout. And, uh, that's, that's a really fun deal. But dude, as many listeners know, and I think you guys too, the gorge is ridiculous for smallies too. Big, big fat smallies. My friend, uh, Casey showed me a picture of a, like a five and a half pounder he caught out of the gorge. I think that was either, this spring or last summer, but I mean, it's chock full of big smallies too. Um, we have one of our listeners, uh, is it Adam Frisker? Is that right, Josh? Yep. He, he smashes them on Flaming Gorge, doesn't he? That's right. Dude, yeah, so. He does. And Adam's, uh, Adam, I don't know specifically where he lives, but it, it was funny. I saw on his social media a while back, dude, he posted a picture of the Farson Mercantile 
eating an ice cream cone. And so like for some perspective on that, dude, I think Farson is a town with a population that fluctuates between like negative 20 and 13. So when you talk about like tiny and non like just off the map, that's Farson. But it's funny growing up in Pinedale. So like that's the boonies, too. And if you were going anywhere, normally you had to go south to catch the interstate in Rock Springs and you got to drive through Farson and it's like halfway. So usually you'd like stop, stretch your legs and get an ice cream cone. So it blew my mind when I saw him there. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, There's a person there. Dude, like, and, and I know this person. Like, that's, Small world. That, it's super small world. But, yeah, man, it's a, that specific region of Pinedale growing up. I mean, talk about, like, the most epic place ever to live and go fishing. And, you know, my parents had, like, a little glorified dude ranch with an outfitting business. So we would do pack trips into the mountains. <laughs> and, uh Oh man, those, those like high elevation lakes and streams were just bananas, dude. They're, they're frozen in so much of the year that by the time it finally thaws, those fish are like so hungry that they'd eat anything. And uh, the one thing up there is that there's not a ton of size. There's only a handful of lakes that have enough ecosystem to support bigger fish through those terribly cold winter months. But man, it's so tight. You know, we have golden trout too, which is kind of a, a pinkies up big deal you know in that in that little world and uh i've caught a few golden trout and uh it's i don't know man it's a magical place i've been putting the sales pitch pretty hard on my wife to move here but all you have to do is look at the forecasts in january when the wind is blowing like 40 miles an hour every day and it's 15 degrees to know that takes a special type and i don't think i'm it (laughs) yeah how does she like it in the summertime up there oh we're having a great time dude like it's it's just different right like we've got trees and there's a sweet mountain within like 20 minutes of my sister's house. So do we keep taking up the, the El Majestico with the family? We've been burning marshmallows and, you know, wearing cowboy hats and singing songs. And it's just such a different culture than living in freaking urbanized Gilbert, Arizona. That's cool, dude. It sounds like a place I'd love to go. I know you invited me one time back in the day, and I wasn't able to go. And uh, yeah, you big timed me. I wasn't. I wasn't cool enough back then. Well, I thought I was busy, dude, but I didn't <laughs> know what busy was. Oh. Like, we didn't have kids or anything. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like I was like, oh, you know, I just got too much going on to do that. But now I look back, I'm like, ah, oh, that might have been my only chance in my entire life to dude. go up there. No truer words have ever been uttered than that. You didn't know what you're busy until you got kids. But, you know, and, and we'll we'll move on from this. But I will say, like, the um, the uh, ke- targeting and trying to catch those giant lake trout, it's such an interesting deal, dude. And now with, you know, how far electronics have come, I would love to go out there and try it again with, like, all your fancy cheater live scope and all that. Because those fish position you know, like a typical apex predator does on a lake. So you're, you know, there's a lot of different places you look for them, but like we would find them on like deep flats and points and, you know, big single fish. And uh, man, I would love to get back out there like with you, with someone who knows what the hell they're doing with those things. And, oh, it'd be so much fun, man. I, the biggest one I ever caught was a, uh, was 25 pounds and that's a juvenile in that world, dude. They get no way kidding. bigger than that. So that's cool, dude. That's cool. How many in a day? Like, what's a good day of fishing for those guys? Is it, you go and catch like three or something? Is that the type of uh, what you're targeting? Yeah, dude. So, so my good buddy who's really taught me all about that, he'll have days from time to time where I think he catches three, four, five of them, and those are magical days. But yeah, you're kind of, I, I think one to two is is where you're realistically at. Yeah. 
but it's pretty tight, man. It's cool to just, you know, it's like tuna fishing, dude. You're fishing vertical deep for a giant fish. When you finally hook one, it's like you got to put you got to put some work in getting them to the boat. How deep are they? So mine that day I caught was in like 90 feet of water, but uh, they go, you know, triple digits regularly. But then they also go up shallow, dude. Like they're they're just interesting. I think those fish are um, when they're in feeding mode, I think they probably are just maybe using their cover using the cover to the best of their ability and you know that can be shallow that can be deep it's a they're an interesting fish dude and they live so damn long that when you do catch a big one it's kind of cool because you feel like you're staring in the eye of something that was probably here during the civil war or something you know i don't think they're that old but it feels like it that is cool that is cool i've never caught a lake trout have you rob i have not no no what kind of tackle do you use nick yeah, so um, you can get away, dude. It's kind of like a uh, um, heavy, like almost like flipping type tackle in the bass world. But the difference is, is you just don't want a super long rod if you're fishing vertical, right? So like they're just more specialized, shorter rods, but with a real heavy action. But then you just like a, you know, bass fishing bait caster and um, braid to a to a leader, that type of thing. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's pretty similar in that regard. Cool. Interesting. You know, and it's funny too, is like they, they throw like big, big plastics, you know what I mean? And, and you dead stick a big plastic, which I've always wondered now later on in life. And I know a little bit more, like I would love to apply some of the bass fish. I've always wondered, dude, if you rigged up like a, a mega sized drop shot <laughs> with like a giant weight and then like got that plastic up off the bottom, just a little bit on a drop shot. I wonder, I bet it, I bet it worked pretty good. I just haven't had a chance to get out and try it. Do you suspend it over them, like a foot or two over them, so they come up and get it, or do you exactly. sit on the bottom? Gotcha. No, like just up off the bottom. Yeah, and it may be more like six inches, right? So that's why, again, why that oh, like that drop shot would be sick. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier to just control yeah. that, huh? Yeah, so I'm going to go light the world on fire doing that in 2025. I'm coming out strong. Nice, right <laughs> on, man. Uh Cool. Well, hey, that's that's awesome, man. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully one of these summers we can get up there and do that with you, dude. Just because I know you've got got a lot of experience fishing up there, and it's funny that I didn't realize I thought golden trout were just a California deal, man. That's interesting that they're up there. But I was gonna say it's funny that uh, you've kind of tasted all those different types of fishing, and uh, you're just kind of you're pulled into that lake fishing still. Like it's a you know, Rob and I have done a little bit of uh, river fishing and trout fishing. We really enjoy it, but we just gravitate to bass and uh, and do that lake trout style fishing is closer to bass than than the other stuff, right? Yeah, well, you know what I think it is, honestly, dude. It's it's the sparkly paint on the bass boats. It just it drew me be. in. I saw that and I just I was convinced. You can't wear your cowboy hat in the river <laughs> and not look as good. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, it's something I was going to glean on that. And then I came up with a bad joke and it absorbed all my brain space. So if it comes back, I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, man, Wyoming, uh, oh, it's about golden trout. Um, another thing that if someone's bored and wants to just research some crazy, crazy history, dude, all those like high alpine bodies of water for the most part didn't have any fish in them until I think it was like the 20s or 30s. So picture this, dude, these guys on like horses and mules with like wooden boxes full of water back, like, you know, rode horses and mules deep, deep into the wilderness and released fish that somehow survived the journey into those lakes and are still there today. 
That's crazy. That, that's Wrap cool. your mind that's around cool. that. You keep them like, alive and do that? Yeah, that's that's mind blowing, dude. And and I mean, it's like I wonder how a bass survives in a live well going off of twenty foot waves in the Great Lakes. It's like, well, at least they have an aerator in there. How did those fish survive like days in a freaking box? Right. That's also like down in Argentina too. There weren't trout in you know the lower parts of South America and like Argentina and Peru and all those places. Dude, those fish came from Europe and the United States on a on a ship. And then still had the same, like, bouncing along in a box behind a horse. So human beings have done some pretty amazing things, but that might be at the top of the list. So they pro- they probably stock those lakes with helicopters now, huh? Yeah, and I don't even know if they still stock them, honestly, Rob. Like, maybe a few of them really? get some attention. But, dude, I think all of that is, like, holdover population. I know in, like, South America, those – and I'm sure it was, like, why those – extreme lakes in wyoming like they would be ripe and awesome habitat for trout it's just you know mother nature never got them there so once we kind of nudged them in there they took off because they were just it was a great ecosystem and they're the they're the top dog so it was easy to stay there dude i I think of them as being so fragile too it's kind of amazing that uh, right of all fish to do that with they they were able to do with trout they must have put like oxygen masks on them and helmets and let them go and just bounce around in there because i don't know how that worked uh last thing on uh kind of uh that region this episode and it's not fishing related at all but and i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast but have you guys watched yellowstone i've only seen one episode have you rob I have not seen it. No, no. Did we talk about this on the podcast? We have not. No, no. Have you been Dude, watching it's it, such, It's such a good show. It's probably the best show I've seen uh, this year for sure. And maybe the best ever. I, it's it's such a good show. And that first episode. What's it on? Dude, Kevin Cosner's in it. Uh, it's it's on. I think it's on Paramount, dude, which, I, you know, I just watched it on demand. Um, okay. it, it, it's like an actual like TV show, right? It's a series and it started like three years ago. They just finished their third season. It is, uh, it's so good. in that first episode, I remember I, we tried watching it twice and I fell asleep both ep- both times. <laughs> and all, so you know, some of my other friends are like, it's so good. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I freaking fell asleep twice. And I finally worked all the way to the very end of the first episode. And, like, there was a little glimmer of hope at the end of that episode. And then <laughs> as soon as you start that second one, dude, you are hooked. Wow. Yeah, so it's interesting. In all the series I've loved, the first episode has always been the one that, like, I knew instantly got me. So I'll have to know that when I check back in on that series. And it's kind of like the drama and politics of the region. Is that kind of like the thought of it? Like it's this family that it's it's the eighth generation that owns this, the large, largest chunk of private land in the United States in okay. Montana. And it's just kind of talks about like what they are, you know, the show is all about what they have to do to defend their land from everyone that's trying to get their paws on it, you know, from all directions. And, uh, it's just, it's just a great show, man. There's some serious characters in it and, uh, I love it, man. It's just, and it's a, this just, you know, it's, it's a cool show to watch because the scenery is so good. And, uh, I mean, you know what it looks like up there. It's, it's beautiful up there. So I, uh, I think you guys should definitely check it out. Well, Will do. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I need that, man. I finished Ozarks a while ago, and uh, I've had a giant void 
of mindless TV for a couple months now. So thank you. This one's right up there. And hey, now that we finished it, my wife's like, now we can start watching 90 Day Fiance again. I'll be like, Perfect. I'll be in the garage. No. <laughs> Dude, you be careful. You're going to get replaced with a Filipino. You be careful now. That's hilarious. Uh, apparently, apparently, uh, those, those relationships never end well on the 90 Day Fiance series. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Seems like you had such a solid foundation. Where did they go wrong? I- Exactly. I'm safe, but I'm safe probably from that scenario. (laughs) Oh, man, that's good. So I was talking about this with uh, Nick, Rob, but did you see on AZ Anglers, the Facebook group here in Arizona, (laughs) the the dude that had the picture of that gigantic dead striper? I saw a little glimpse of it. I didn't really read into it, though. What what was going on there? Dude. So we're going to defer to Nick to give us the background because I think he read the most. I wish I would have – like, I'm like you, Rob. I saw that, and I thought, dang, that's a big one. I didn't think that much of it. But what's this dude doing in the water? Like, wait, <laughs> just caught it. He's waist deep holding a stiff 30-pound striper. Uh, the more you think about it, the weirder it is. But Nick knows a little more, dude. What – what do you know about this? Because this is hilarious. Yeah, reporting live on the scene, um, <laughs> a guy on a jet ski ran over a 30-pound striper and had the idea to hop off and have his friend snap a picture and then try and claim like he caught it. No, I don't know, man. Whenever you see something good like that, you know you got to go straight to the comments to get the, the real action. And he, he, was, he was, apparently the story goes, he was claiming that he caught it. But to say that it had rigor mortis is to say that, like, a tree has green leaves. Dude, that thing was like... Dude, the thing was like a board. It was so stiff, and it had like a lot of discoloration going on from yeah, it was pale. You know, dude, the 114 degree sun beating down on it for the last 24 hours of its dead life. And dude, the best part was is that so like you know instantly 60, 70 comments on it, and I'd say like 90% of people were congratulating him, but like every 10 or so there'd be someone to be like, the hell is going on here? Like <laughs> the thing is beyond like dude, it's ready for the freaking you know, it's it's already turning into worms. It's so dead. And uh, he was defended it, man. He was going down in flames like I caught this thing. And no like way. there was there was this family on the bank and they were, you know, trying to catch fish. And I gave it to him to make fish tacos. And then like eight oh. people would be like, oh, that's amazing. How many fish tacos that thing could make? That'd be like, you know, Taco Tuesday for three months. <laughs> and then one person would be like, dude, I would never eat a taco out of that thing. That's like salmonella for months. So it was just funny, man. Like he was trying to take pride. What was cool though is like obviously that thing was definitely a new Colorado River State record for us if it would have actually counted as a fish catch and got weighed properly and everything. So it's cool to know that Pleasant is really churning out the giants. Rob, you kind of were thinking they were going on because you saw him in those boils, you know, eating gizzard shad. But dude, it was so funny. Man, talk about an internet hero. And if that guy's a listener of the podcast, he's going to stop listening and probably hunt me down and beat me up. But Dude, the drama Dude. that unfolded was nothing short of magnificent. I don't he hate deser- Nick. He deserves to get roasted <laughs> after pulling that move. Like, that's the biggest, you know, jerk fishing move you could ever pull is, like, take credit for a fish that you didn't catch. And I'm sorry if you caught it, man, but I... I take a picture before it's been dead for three days. <laughs> Dude... We- we need to we need to do a fact check because I don't think the Colorado River record it would be it would be the inland record right but so, the Colorado River record's huge if I'm not it's it's say. north of thirty because someone had been quoting it was high Wait, twenty oh, so it's, it's like well the Lake Pleasant is north of thirty but 
which would be inland, the Colorado River would be, um, I'm, I think they're north of 50, aren't they? Well, they, they would have, have to bring in the rules official because isn't the, isn't Lake Pleasant considered Colorado River because it's fed by it? Absolutely not. No. Okay. No, no, no. no. No, That's interesting, Bob. It's supplied from the CAP, which is water from the Colorado River, but not not 100%, though. And I don't think it would be considered in the same – I mean, it's geographically not even close. So I thought it was just water source. What's that? Yeah, and I thought it was water source is what qualified that versus geographic. It does. I don't know. We'll we'll have to look into that. That's why we need to bring in Mike Pereira, the rules official. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's call him in, dude. In <laughs> headquarters. That's so funny, Nick. That you remember that guy's name. Oh, well, wait. wait, we're gonna be we're gonna be hearing about uh, back from uh, Mike again here pretty soon. Opening days in three days. Yeah. NFL, but uh, I, you dude. know, I I do think as much as I get, I am kind of with you on your thought process, Nick. I think Rob's right because ah. I think the actual state record <laughs> is from Lake Pleasant. If you got Google in front of you, Google it. Let's nah, figure it out. Too lazy, dude. I'd rather well, just guess and be wrong. You'd rather just make me look like the fool. I see how it is. You're ganging up with Rob again just because you guys got a lot of hardware hanging on the walls. Uh, that's what we do. Dude, have you <laughs> have you guys ever encountered? I uh, I never. Well, the one fish that I'm thinking of, I didn't. I saw a picture of. I have seen it happen with smaller fish, but dude, have you ever seen a picture or rolled up on just an enormous giant dead fish with another larger, like good sized fish stuck in its throat? Totally. I've got this written down, dude. Oh, I, I can see your notepad perfect, from here. That's perfect. That's that you're thinking that way. Uh, you said you haven't. So I saw a picture back in our like hardcore Lake Powell days of a fish. It was up in the San Juan arm and dude, it was just an absolute bruiser of a striper, like just a giant dude, like probably 50 pounds if it was three pounds and it had like a six pounder stuck in its throat and it was dead. (laughs) Crazy dude. That, and I didn't see that one in person, but I did see um, there's a lake up here in the Island of Wyoming that, my uncle used to have a property on called Lake DeSmit and uh, there was a there was a brown trout we saw and it was probably like a I don't know four or five pounder that had a 10 or 12 inch stuck in his throat and they both perished at the uh, ambition of the larger fish but that's such a cool crazy experience when you see that it is don't you think they could have been going after the, they could have been going after the same shad and had a collision what do you think of that so I hate that, and I think you should never ruin the romance of <laughs> of that again. Like that's your practical side, just ruining all the fun, Rob. That's probably just as likely. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna do it again. I agree, Rob. Oh God, I'm hanging up. You guys finish this. It is not at all what it was, dude. That giant fish was down there counting calories and knowing that if he gets that one down, he won't have to eat for three years. That's what happened. <laughs> He was doing the math. That's hilarious. Right. Have you guys ever seen that though? Do you have any like experience off the top of your head? I know How about you, Rob. I've got one written down, but uh, I haven't seen he- it. I haven't seen it personally. I, I, I have a buddy of mine that I I believe he found a like an eight pound largemouth with like a big crappie or something stuck in its mouth floating on the surface, and it was still alive. And they were able to take him apart, and and obviously the crappie didn't live, but the the bass swam away. So that's cool. karma dude you have to catch like 30 pounds in the next derby for doing that yeah hopefully sure. caught the eight pounder dude <laughs> at some point 
Uh, that's cool, man. I've se- I've seen it. Uh, I think I've I feel like I've seen it once or twice with yellow bass, which would be a similar deal to the crappie. But one weird one. I was with Scooter actually one time, and uh, there it wasn't a giant bass. It was only probably a three or four pounder, but uh, floating it had a fish down its throat. And uh, this bass ate the wrong fish for sure. He tried to eat a catfish, and the barbs Ooh. were. Uh, stuck in his uh <laughs> pressures dude and uh dude we were yarding on this catfish trying to get it out because the bass was still alive and uh, we wow. had pliers and we were ripping on this catfish and it, we got it out and the bass swam away but who knows if if he made it but those barbs man were like into the sides of the inside of this bass oh so rob and josh to your much less exciting and crappy explanation of what happens i think i know with the incident with the catfish they were both trying to eat the same hot dog that's what it was <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's like ooh, that's a bar s i'm gonna get me some it, of that it must have been so a nathan's i just, I just <laughs> That just made me think of something back. Like I used to fish San Carlos Lake. I don't have you guys fished San Carlos much? I never yeah, have. A little bit. Okay. Okay. So I fished it a ton, like late eighties, you know, all the way through the nineties, and it was a fantastic bass lake. But Josh, did you ever go up there and see all the floating dead catfish? I mean, it nope. just seemed like <laughs> oh my gosh. There was years like in it I think it was right around when the lake would come up, you know, like they'd get a big rainstorm and there'd be 30 pounders washed Whoa. up on the shore everywhere. Why? And I just had a thought. I'm like, thank goodness we didn't have social media then. Cause we would have all these dudes <laughs> just like with stinky catfish holding them up. Right. Uh, <laughs> there'd be people all over the place just it. trying to get the photo ops, man. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, a, a dead striper has to smell like, death <laughs> a dead catfish has to be even worse man oh uh, uh, hey well, I, I mean those things look like logs they were so big out there and it was very common to see them so i don't know what what took place in that lake for that to happen but. that's interesting because i thought they were so much hardier i thought catfish were like among the hardiest think so. of species yep. that's some been. kind of weird water quality issue then had to have been catfish yeah, alcoholism <laughs> Hey, it how about that? Was, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, dude. I'm going completely off topic. And 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 for the listeners, as always, we're interrupting each other because we can't see uh we can't see Rob right now. So uh, <laughs> it's okay. He's probably not looking that good. It's pretty early. on that, dude. But um, continue, dude. I'm sorry. No, I don't. I lost my train of thought. So you go with. Let's get. Let's just change the subject and continue. Good job, Josh. We'll just end on the fact that if you ever see a dead catfish, please walk over there and take a picture of it holding it and then tag us and then let us know how bad it smelled. That's really all we need to know from that segment. Yeah, no doubt. That's the question mark looming after this episode. The last the last I'll tell you the last weird, nasty thing. I've seen a few like bloated (laughs) alligators, you know, uh, and they look gnarly, dude. They look gnarly that, you know, they're all stiff and stuff. But the craziest (laughs) thing I ever saw, dude was on the Tennessee River at Fort Loudon last year at the Classic, the twenty the 2019 Classic. Uh, I'm, I'm in practice, and I'm fishing uh, down the main river, and I, I come around this point, and there's a dock on this point in a big house up, you know, up on the point. It's, it's all his land. And I come around the corner, dude, and there is a 
there's a bloated dead cow that floated into this guy's uh. the corner of his dog. <laughs> and uh, it is gnarly, dude. It is gnarly. I don't know how it got there, but it floated down the river. And it's trapped up under this guy's dock. And he's like, up on the porch, dude. And I'm like, hey, hey. I'm like, going to tell him before this thing starts to decompose. I'm like, you got a dead cow under your dock. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm going to have to take care of that. Thanks for the heads up. He's like, going to go down there and poke it with a stick and let it just explode and release all that nasty air on him. He probably hooked it up to his boat, towed it out to the river, and made it someone else's problem. Let it float further down the river. I don't, I don't know what he did, dude. But I was like, you gotta handle this, man. And it was there for a couple more days, I, because I was fishing that uh, throughout the tournament. Was that the pattern you were on? Was that the pattern? Yeah, were you on the, the dead, dead, cow dead cow pattern? Yeah, I was, and I, dude, I remember making a mental note. I was like, <laughs> this is just too nasty to take a picture of, but I guarantee one competitor is gonna post this sucker, dude. And it yeah. wasn't, but like the next day, someone posted it and said that, like, on the cow pattern this week, uh, I knew it was coming. And they got 2,500 uh, likes and three new sponsors, so joke's on you. <laughs> exactly. Probably. <laughs> so, man. The sponsors always look for that. Look- <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's, that does take the cake, dude. I can't imagine what a treat that would be to have to deal with. Uh, on, the, uh, on the actual fishing front, we're talking about how we're about to get a break in the weather. Like when can we start officially start talking about fall fishing on this podcast? On September 6th today. What do you think, Rob? I don't know. I mean, I, I think our fishing normally changes when we have a, and I'm talking Arizona, but I think it makes a change when we have a strong monsoon season, which we haven't had this year. Um, But but September definitely things change for sure. Um, the deep bite gets a little less consistent. The shallow bite gets a little bit better. And to me, that's a fall movement, you know? So. What about you, Josh? Is that when the pumpkin spice lattes come out? Nick's saying now, Rob's saying really soon. And, and depending on where you are in the country, like I've had a few Northern events in September over the years where like, it's like early to mid September. And I'm like, okay, you know, the tournament ends and, and the leaves are changing and you're starting to get some really hard fronts, just like what Nick's about to see in Wyoming. Uh, it's like, okay, I'm ready. It's it's time to go back down south. You know, they're about to, it's about to get cold up here, man. So I guess we're right on the fringe and we'll maybe put together kind of a, uh, a list of things to start talking about how to, how to break down creeks in the fall, um, stuff like that. You know, fish movements in the fall, maybe that'd be a good uh, topic yeah. for next episode potentially we're already so far through this one that i don't want to uh try to rush through that so um if any of the listeners if you have fall fishing questions send them in send us a message on social media at anglers happy hour or uh, or to me or either of the guys um and then we'll kind of really talk about we'll talk about that one other uh one other topic or one not not even necessarily a long topic but one shout out I wanted to give. One thing that was pretty cool. I know you guys both saw it was our buddy Dave's dad that caught his first big bass. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He listens to every episode, and I know he's gonna hear this. We were we were stoked, I, dude. I watched that video probably ten times of his old man. So so a little background on this. Dave is one of our best buds. He started fit, going fishing with us probably twelve years ago. Ten, twelve, not at least twelve years ago, and. Um, 
he was not a fisherman at all when he started and uh, he kind of fell in love with fishing bought his own boat his kids uh, both his sons are super involved they love to fish with dave and his dad who had never fished before lives basically just outside of philadelphia not necessarily a fishing paradise and uh he got his dad into fishing he set him up with some rods and reels his dad's 78 and this is one of the awesome things about fishing in general is his dad's 78 and he's been able to go out to a local lake and catch 10 or 20 or 30 smaller fish every day just you know fishing live bait or fishing from the bank fishing live bait or fishing some small artificials but he hadn't caught a real a real big one yet and uh, he caught a four plus pounder last week and did the video of him you know exhausted out of breath from <laughs> the excitement of catching that fish was uh, one of the coolest things i've seen man it's what unites yeah. us right like everyone can relate to that and that i mean what's funny about that whole situation that's a product of the covid that we're in right now yeah. i think dave Good point. was trying he was trying to keep his dad busy um you know but to himself so he got him into fishing so i think that's pretty cool dude super cool perfect example of and i'm sure there are a lot of instances like that 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 is one bright spot that's come out of this and hopefully these are lifelong anglers i mean yeah literally it's, it's cheesy to say but once you're hooked you're hooked and there's no oh. doubt that dave hooked and, and there hopefully are a lot of others like that right now well i know it happened in the motorhome industry too i know of someone <laughs> yeah no kidding look at that nick but are you hooked on it are you hooked on it uh you know in the motorhome industry we don't use cheesy puns like hooked and fishing you know we we more say that you know it's just a lifestyle you got to get the hat and the rig <laughs> and then you just you just live the lifestyle you know it's just what it is I was wondering if that thing was going to go up for sale when you got home or not. Well, dude, if you saw the absolute just can of worms of electrical problems that I tried to resolve with my brother-in-law yesterday. um, Well, anyone listening to this is no longer going to be a potential buyer for it. But yeah, this thing, suffice to say, it looked like Halloween in the fuse panel and the headlights trying to figure out why I had no taillights and brake lights coming down the mountain the other night. Oh, boy. Did you fix it? Uh, well, kind of, you know, I'm wondering if you could use, like, I was thinking about going and trying to find, like, you know how school buses have the little stop sign that swings out, like, mechanically? I'm thinking I might do that instead of brake lights. Just, I'll just, like, pull a lever, and then the stop sign will come out. People are like, oh, okay, that giant bread box is slowing down. Careful. Uh, that's great. Dang. Dude, that's so, something you definitely have to fix before you drive a thousand miles home, huh? Yeah life insurance policies no we did get it fixed but dude I, this thing has more splices and freaking wire nuts on it dude i don't know looks like stevie wonder was working on it <laughs> i so, think it'd be a great the- podcast studio yeah well it is so far today let me tell you i think th- dude, this should be like rob and i are just going to start following you around since you're the the interesting one of the three of us and we'll just report live from the el majestico and just cover you Dude, that'd be fun, man. It'd be a blast. Oh. Not for you guys, but for me, anyway. <laughs> help, help you feel real appreciated. But I, I just completely took away all the glory for uh, Dave's dad. That uh, that was the highlight of the week, dude. I loved watching that video, too. And uh, I don't know, man. That I bet that's a story that's played out a ton. And uh, it's pretty cool. No doubt. Yeah, we're, we're really lucky to be involved in a sport where you can do that at 78, dude. It is... Uh, 
I mean, you can do that in golf, but like, let's be honest, you're not going to be that successful if you take up golf at 78, and you're still going to love it, and that's cool, but... But you I can mean, kick dude, some ass is, at fishing. Yeah, you really can, and, and and there's just there's just nothing stopping you, you know, from, yeah. from doing it. So, it, I mean, there's a lot of 78 year olds that can't swing a golf club, but they can still, you know, get go down to the lake and fish. So, but dude, who's um, that guy in the tournament? And we're kind of wrapping this up. I've got super low battery on my laptop. But what tournament? A couple tournaments ago, the guy who won it wasn't he in like his early 70s? Tom Onsour. Yeah, look at that guy, freaking. He is the true MVP at this point. <laughs> That's one of the best stories of the year. And uh, it was talked about a lot when it happened. But, uh, dude, it, it was very uh, a, a cool situation. And he's got so – I mean, he's got – he's a you know, career, he's right? He's got it going on. If, yeah. He's probably going to be a Bass Fishing Hall of Famer if he's not already. I don't know if he is or not. But he's done so much over all the years, and he's so notorious for – especially throwing a swim jig that uh, everyone knows him. But um, that is amazing that at 72, you can go out there and beat 200, 200 <laughs> young dudes that are, that are after Hungry. the same deal. Yeah. Uh, right on. Well, Hey, since your battery's dying, Nick, we're, we're coming up on an hour now, but um, I do want to talk about something we're going to do for the listeners. Um, since we've really offered nothing to our listeners and we're about a year into this, uh, first off, we appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate that a great intro through the bad audio and everything. And, um, we've got, we've got, stuff made it that long, we've got they new mics, a new yeah. laptop coming in to try to, um, really, really take our audio to uh, the level where it's, it's more, more listenable for everyone. But, uh, all that being said, we're going to give away a real, an Abu Garcia Revo X spinning reel, which is a sweet reel. Rob and I, uh, both, uh, Rob's got one. I've got several. They're awesome, just rock solid reels. It's kind of a, a cool looking matte black uh, finish to it. It's just a, it's a really modern looking reel, but it's a just a bulletproof reel. We're going to give it away to a listener that rates and reviews us on iTunes. Um, now, I don't want to, leave out everyone who's already done that because a bunch of you already have so if you've already done it you're already entered but for the next two weeks so today is the sixth this episode is going to post tonight so um i would say i guess it's the 20th when our episode comes out on the 20th in two weeks we're going to announce the winner and um really only only thing you have to do to enter is go on itunes a big chunk of you already listen on itunes if you're not an apple person i apologize we'll have some a different type of contest for you in the future but so many 70 percent of you are listening on on and interrupt you bro i think anyone can leave a review still i think you can still go in and type a review pretty sure so no excuses people right on well assuming nick's right yeah no doubt um we should uh we yeah we should have tons of reviews after doing this right um but and yet, one small caveat, they have to be five stars, and you have to talk about how funny Nick is. That's bonus points. Nick's going to throw in a prize if you talk about how funny he is. And, you, well, uh, you mentioned uh, that only you and Rob use this reel. Nick's more of a Fluger Shakespeare type, so if you, you could be entered <laughs> in my drawing, and I'll get you a, a spin-fly combo, Fluger, and uh, you can enter to win that. Yeah, if you leave anything less than five stars, you're getting Nick's reel, or, or maybe yeah. you have to really use trashed uh <laughs> robin i've been using for years the one at the bottom of the guide boat you're getting brand new in box 
beautiful Revo X30. So, um, but yeah, just leave us a review. And uh, what we'll do is um, we will announce it in two weeks on the podcast and we'll shout out whatever name you left the review under. So, um, you know, if it's uh, if, if your name on iTunes is Nick's, Nick's the best. Uh, we're going to say Nick's the best one uh, and have Nick's the best reach out to us on any platform, social media, or email us, and then we'll hook you up with the reel. So um, thank you guys again for listening, and, uh, and and don't forget to rate and review. you got two weeks to do it. So um, And we'll go back literally uh, all the way to the beginning so the folks that did it at the beginning don't, don't miss out. Or they could just re-review us because we're that hungry and desperate, either or. You might be able to. I'm not quite sure on that. If you can re-review us, but hey, it wouldn't hurt hey, to try. If you can vote uh, through the mail, you should be able this. to re-review. We talked about this before, but we're doing this just to prove legitimacy to our wives on. Uh, <laughs> That's right. On, on what we're <laughs> doing, that we're not complete scams. <laughs> if we if we have hundreds of reviews, they can't look at us like complete. Like this is a complete waste of time. They're gonna say, hey, at least they're getting reviews. Right? Well, mine still will, but in a normal world, yes, I think you're right. I think my wife thinks I just go off in a corner and just have a group chat with my friends. <laughs> I think that's all this is in her world. That's about Isn't what, that what it is. Dude. <laughs> no, it's so much more than that. We have a logo. You know, we have a name. We've bought like $200 worth of equipment. It is way more than that, Rob. We are officially we legit. Have, yeah, you can tell it's like 200 too. <laughs> Nick's audio is breaking up so bad. I don't know if his Wi-Fi is, if it's because his... Uh, laptops dying or whatever so hey we'll, we'll wrap this thing up any last words guys no just have a safe trip home uh nick and you're leaving next week right josh so have a yeah i'll be leaving east. next week so hey we'll get together and uh and knock out a good podcast here uh before we go we'll probably get a good guest on cool. so uh yeah and it, i guess it might be my wi-fi so i'll cut I'll, I'll go ahead and cut this thing off but uh thank you guys for uh jumping on with me nick and rob and thanks to all the listeners and uh Make sure you go rate and review us. We will uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the show, guys. Hope you all had a great holiday weekend, and most of all, happy Labor Day.